The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And hello once again, everybody. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to The Open Door. This is the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And I'm Sid Bennett. And we are joined today by a community member, a friend of ours, Daniel Kehoe. Howdy. Howdy, Daniel. And he's um, here because, in part, he's been involved in the community cauldron, the frying pan fire analogy, whatever you want to think. We'll hear more about that later. (laughs) But, you know, broadly speaking, um, community is coming together in common cause. It's, uh, I think, as Mark Prophet might have said, coming together in unity, community. And we know that community is essential for survival on many levels, material and spiritual. And I think it comes down to a basic question. Why do we really need each other? Well, uh, you know, I I like the fact that uh, the people in in this community, this spiritual community, are brothers and sisters who think alike. I mean, you can, regardless of what you're doing, whether you're in a in a in a service, uh, a, a, you know, a, a spiritual service, mm-hmm. or whether you're doing something social, uh, you have you have all these common things going. You you love talking about God and all the different aspects of God. Well, of course, that could be true in any community. There has to be a common share. We're talking before we came on the air about the United States. I mean, what would it look like if, if there were 50 sovereign countries instead of 50 states? And of course, e pluribus union, unum out of many, one. Mm-hmm. And so there is strength in unity. And that's yeah. been true ever since the dawn of time. Why did people start to get together? For mutual protection and support. And it begs the question that a community is based upon a certain degree of co- cooperation and agreement. Absolutely. You don't just say we're all part of a community. We pretty much have a, a similar, or at least we should have a similar focus that we're aware of. And it doesn't mean you all have to think exactly the same, but it means you have to have a single purpose. Mm-hmm. And for countries, it's for protection, it's for support, and, you know, helping each other out. So it's, it's, it's a concept that's not foreign to the world. I mean, we know community works, but I think what we're kind of honing on today is a spiritual community. Exactly. And, and why do we need to have a spiritual community? You know, we talked about that on a couple of shows ago where we said that community is basically that place that's a challenge for the, the student-teacher relationship. That in our particular context, we're looking at communities of light that are quite broad. And the communities of light are broken down into smaller units, obviously, like a church or a spiritual community or, or even an ashram, you know, whatever you want to call it. Those are communities within the community. But there's basically a place in that community where people are able to feel protected well, I think if you, if from a spiritual context, if you look at individual people, whether it's the prophets in ancient Israel or some of the saints of the Catholic Church or various people that were singular, and when they rose up, 
you know, most people weren't too thrilled about that. And the powers that be, it was a lot easier to take out one person than a whole community. Yeah. And I think there is where the strength comes in. If you look at the Essenes from the, uh, you know, the spiritual group that gathered on the Dead Sea, you know, they wanted a community. They went to a place where no one else in the world would want to live, which is on the Dead Sea. Right. And so they were have, <clears throat> able to have their community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we know that because of what they preserved for us. And they were very disciplined. So it's important because, again, how much would be lost? Because it is very easy to take out the single person that is railing against the, um, the powers that be. Uh, look at what happened to the prophets in ancient Israel. They, they didn't hmm. have happy lives to, to speak of. So we're coming together out of unity, a shared vision for mutual protection. And it's a lot harder because there's strength in unity. It's a lot harder uh, for that community to fail than, say, a single person or a family. You know, we'll probably ref- we're referencing it now, but we'll talk about it more later. That there is opposition to communities of light. That this isn't just a cakewalk. That there has been opposition. There has been reason to be protecting each other for millennia because we have been under under attack. And and you know, we look at the United States, and of course, we go back to the creation of the United States, the sponsorship of Saint Germain, and the freedoms that are enshrined here: freedom to <coughs> assembly, freedom of religion. I mean, this is if you look at history. Those two things are almost unheard of. And that's why the, the communities in old used to have to go up to the mountain peaks or out to the desert where nobody paying attention to them. But fortunately, we have the support of law that we can pursue our own spiritual beliefs or any other spiritual group can in this nation, and hopefully in other places too, uh, under the protection of law. And that's a new thing on this planet. Indeed. And a lot of times, like you're saying, the founding fathers, you go back to Jesus, you go back to Buddha. Every time they came and they had a community, Generally, they got in trouble because they were challenging the power of the day. Yeah. Well, because their power was overarching. I mean, it was, it was beyond the pale of the governmental influence, right? The spiritual mm-hmm. law. And I guess that, that's a dynamic tension we feel all the time. Cosmic law, the law of God versus the law of man. And why I think the United States has that whole aspect of being a spiritual community yeah. is we were, we were the experiment of, I think you get certain communities and then you have spiritual communities and the community wants to pull something off. That's why they gather together. But with a spiritual community, it's not just the what, it's the how. And with the United States, we were founded on you know, the individual liberties and the rights of every man, which was phenomenal. And, and mutual respect. I mean, if someone else want to, wants to pursue a certain religious path and it's within the rules of God and man, there's nothing, hopefully, to prevent them from doing that. And we respect that, you know, and that's... That mutual respect, again, is unique, which I think we have in this country. So, you know, to. you know, to, to kind of recap where we've gone so far, the community is strongest when it's focused on a singular goal mm-hmm. or purpose. Right. And that that strength is reinforced by the members of that community who are in agreement with it. Again, the cooperation. And, Daniel, we were talking off, uh, off radio here, off mic um, a couple of days ago about this, where he said that cooperation in a community is what leads to brotherhood. So that we have common cause, the shared cause, the common goal, when we wake up and salute in the morning as there are our primary reason for being. doesn't mean that we don't have 10 other things that are also important to us, mm-hmm. but there's a one thing that really holds us together, the glue. And in the spiritual community, it is the light. Access to the light, freedom to express the light, freedom to be in the light. You know, that, that, well, that's a powerful with, place. The thing with cooperation that I think is really neat is it's like the example where you feel the Holy Spirit come in. Because it's like you want to do something, and then you put together three, four, or five people to do something. And if everybody's insisting on their way, nothing <laughs> happens. But if everybody, like you say, you agree, this is our common goal, 
And then you listen to, to what everybody has. You kind of put the ego aside. It's a tough first step. Yeah. Then there's like this magic happens. And all of a sudden, everybody's thinking of things and new things are entering in. And when you come out, you're still trying to achieve the goal, but you have far more on the table going for you. Well, let me ask you, can a community exist with that kind of tension where you don't have agreement? Yeah. Moria said that in Darjeeling, they don't always agree, but they always talk it out and they never fight. They always have harmony. So it's that element. That's where the tension is. You keep harmony and disagreement, but you keep moving. And I think El Moria was uh, famous for saying, uh, compromise on the things that are not important and do not compromise on the things that are. It's so that's that's probably the bottom line to the Darjeeling situation. And, and I want to just add here, unless you think we have a utopia here. And, <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't, shouldn't laugh so loud, guys. No, but, um, you know, we're all coming together because our goal, of course, is our ascension, mm-hmm. our spiritual path and service to life. And when that happens, what you know, your karma comes up at a kind of an accelerated pace. And so you deal with a lot of things and, you know, you rub uh, against each other and, you know, we have karma with each other. You know, twin flames have a lot of karma typically between each other. Yeah. So it's not just the white picket fence and happiness forever. They've got things to work out. So we as a community individually have to work things out, just like any place in the world. But I think what we bring here, again, is a desire to get through these, first of all. The, the lack of need to really stand for our egos and, and be willing to, to learn and, and forgive, which is absolutely crucial. And that allows freedom because freedom comes from forgiveness and balancing the karma, and then you move forward. And and those that won't do it don't last, quite frankly. Well, that was kind of the genesis of the question I asked earlier, is that at a certain point, you realize this community is not for me, and you leave. Yeah. Based on whatever you know criteria you choose, but you know basically if you can't find that harmony, mm-hmm. there's no sense staying there because you're going to continue to have this friction going on and nothing's going to get done. You know, we, had, uh, we just completed our summer conference in Summit University, and what I love about that is the people from all around the world. There was a gentleman here from Malaysia, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. and we don't have a lot of members in Malaysia, I'll be the first to say, but he found the teachings and got on a plane and came here. And, you know, there was a oneness that we felt with him. You know, he had a shared goal. We don't know anything about him. He doesn't know anything about us, but something brought him here. And we yeah. have people from Taiwan, other places, Africa, and it, it, it's that shared vision, that shared desire um, to come together. And I got to say one other thing. And that is one of the things that people are looking for, I think, is holiness. And I said to my wife the other day, where do you go to find holiness in today's mm. society? And I have to say, in this community, we have holiness, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a very sacred vibration, and people are magnetized to it. Oh, I totally agree with that. And, and, and so that's why we can feel such kinship, you know, black, white, orange, yellow, it doesn't matter. We're all God's children, and it's exciting to feel one. Well, and within the aura or the dome of that particular community, there is solidarity, even if they are in Malaysia or Curacao or North Pole. I mean, they still are part of this community. And I think even talking to you, our listeners right now, those of you who are live on the show today, and also anybody who tunes into this on the archives, we are all part of the same community. Well, we're the community of the I Am Race. Well, in the Holy Spirit. Yes. And so the I am race, of course, if you take the letters of America and rearrange it, it spells the I am race. And it's not just those that live in the United States of America. It's every person on this planet is an American in the sense that they are of the I am race, those that are, I should say. Mm-hmm. And so that's the unity we have. And unfortunately, America and other countries have been infiltrated by those that don't have the same goals. And in fact, are trying to tear down this spiritual vision for not only our personal community here, but for the planet. Well, and you know, this crucible of freedom 
that we know is dynamic. It, it doesn't stay the same all the time. It's definitely, it's flowing, it's evolving, it's moving forward, it's expanding, we hope. But it's one of those things that it doesn't ever stay still. So that a crucible for freedom, which this community represents, is vital for people who are looking for holiness, looking for opportunity, looking for a recognition of that light within them that basically sets them apart. And, the, you know, who we are. Yeah. And, and that's why, you know, in the United States right now, we have this big division, presumably a big division, between oh. the police and members of the minority community. And it's such a lie. It's a divide and conquer. You know, there's members of the I am race in the police department and the minority communities and some bad apples getting on both sides and try and create this mass division, which is not real. It is not real. And that's one of the great teachings of the masters is that this so much division on this planet is an artificial division or the wrong division, I should say. Well, the fallen ones want to separate us from our light. Yeah. And, and they want us to war with each other so they get the light from, from the war. Mm-hmm. Uh, well. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just thinking of the, you know, the, the, seven, the seven rays of the rainbow and the seven you know, basic rays of, of, the, of the peoples of the planet, you know. And so... You know, the fallen ones, they just move right in. You know, you're black and you're yellow and you're white and you're red. And you guys should be fighting amongst one another. Separation, division. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what, well, in St. Germain in Alchemy, he talks about that whole thing about the first line of defense of the community is your defense of your mind. So like you're saying, when somebody <laughs> enters in with his divide and conquer, that's that's a trick they've used for thousands of years and yeah. it always works. But it's like if you... You're there. You say, okay, that's what this is. I'm not going with it. And if yeah. you don't attack the basic assumption, you're not practicing critical thinking. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, we have already used up our first segment, and we're going to take a little break right now. When we come back, we're going to listen to an excerpt from a lecture that uh, Elizabeth Clare Prophet gave on these communities of light, both east and west, and why it's important that we understand that they are the crucible for the, the guru Chila relationship and also for the defense of the spiritual ones, which is you and me, brothers and sisters. So stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom 
delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. Our back, don't want to step on the music there, but we're back. You're listening to The Open Door, where today we're talking about community. We're talking about why we need each other, why we gather for common cause why there's such a need for preservation, particularly when we're talking about spiritual matters like the light and freedom and the freedom to choose that light. So Elizabeth Clare Prophet considered community to be one of the most important things there is, I mean, yes. with, without exception. So here she is talking about that very point. Today then we see the sponsorship of the Great White Brotherhood upon this community to keep the flame of Shambhala in the West And we see that sponsorship through Tibetan Buddhism as it has existed in Tibet, in Lhasa, through the continuity of the presence of the Dalai Lama and the great monks and religious who have carried the tradition of our Lord in the East. These two communities are under fire. We need to understand why, by whom, and what we can do about it. It is most important that we meet this challenge, and not for ourselves alone, but that the very continuity of this flame that has been kept for us that we now keep be not broken. We are runners in a race, and we know that that sweet chariot will be swinging low, each one in his time. And we know that it may come from afar, from a distant star, Sirius. And at a certain moment in time and space, it will swing low and carry each one of us to our home of light. And therefore, time is of the essence. And we live at the turning point of cosmic history, though it may be difficult for us to establish a co-measurement with that history. The Buddha, the Sangha, the Dharma, these are the three jewels. These are the manifestations of the three plumes of our threefold flame. In order to have the Sangha, we must have the Guru, the first ray, the father, the power, the lawgiver, the great Manu. And so we are blessed to have Sanat Kumara, Gautama Buddha, Maitreya, Jesus, and all the hosts of the Lord, including our dearest El Moria, our Saint Germain and Lanello. This community, therefore, is a chalice for the Guru, 
and for those who are his chilas. The guru-chila relationship can only be preserved in community. There is no other way to preserve it upon earth. It requires the chalice of community. We see then that the Dharma itself, which is the teaching as well as the path, must also be preserved in community. Therefore, the Dharma being the teaching is the second plume of the sun. In community, we bear the teaching. We not only study it, but we live it. We enliven it. We embody it. The teaching must be a living teaching and the guru must be a living guru because he lives in our hearts and because we provide the anchor point in the physical body for his great dharmakaya, the great highest body of the Buddha, the great causal body and the I am presence and his sambodkaya when he takes on the adornment of the inner Buddha and the inner Christ at the level of the Lord our righteousness. Community itself is the third jewel, and it is the Holy Spirit. It is the flame of divine love. It is community that gives us the opportunity to share love, to give our devotions to God. And by these devotions, we bind one another to him. We understand that so great a light as the endowment of community cannot be held by any one of us alone. We see the figures of the ancient prophets who would run to the deserts and hide in the caves, who would be personally persecuted, attacked, and killed by the fallen ones. This is what the world is like without community to defend the spiritual ones. Yet the tribes of Israel and Judah were there, yet they were also influenced and infiltrated by the seed of the wicked. Community then is a bond whereby we can retain our individual integrity, whereby our weaknesses can be borne collectively. Not any one of us alone could have created this community, nor the Great White Brotherhood alone, nor the Ascended Masters alone. It required the cooperation of those above and below, those below answering the call, and the very few in those humble beginnings. Imagine yourself on August 7, 1958 in Washington, D.C., being one of seven individuals, the only members of the Summit Lighthouse. And you are seated in a room, and you are given that day throughout the period of the day seven dictations dedicating the Summit Lighthouse. And you look around the room and you see there are seven of us. You begin to understand the worth of the individual and how much the individual does count as the nucleus of community. Today we are 7,000 and 7,000 times 70,000 strong. So the individual seems less important. It doesn't matter what I do today the community will be there. And yet each individual one, calling forth his I am presence, is the unique light of the community at any moment, any hour of the day, worldwide. 
This is a worldwide body of light bearers. I know personally that without the support of these light bearers, if I were not able to be an embodiment, it may be that perhaps I would be out of embodiment without that support, or if I were in embodiment, I would not be able to bear the light that God has given me for the very attack upon that light. And that attack upon that light, we deal with by community, by our dynamic decrees, through a worldwide network of our telephone trees. And we are all for one and one for all. Whether as the lone Sheila or the lone messenger, I think every one of us comes to the realization that without the reinforcement of the Ascended Masters, their living presence and living teaching with us and their living community, not a single one of us could accelerate on the path. For we live in a world of fallen angels and betrayers of the word, who as soon as the light is raised up in the individual, they move against that one. So we have seen the martyrs and those persecuted of all ages, and for their sakes and the sake of freedom and their protection, St. Germain endowed this nation, inspired the Declaration of Independence, whose signing we celebrate this day. For the very purpose of the future of this community and the gathering together of the remnant that is promised in the Old Testament, St. Germain gave his whole heart and life and causal body for the founding of the United States of America. And the Constitution has endured, and the three branches of the government have represented also the threefold flame. And by these guarantees, even though some wish that their enemies did not have them, by these guarantees we today are seated here, and we worship, and we are not overcome, as the monks and the religious of Tibet and Lhasa have been overcome since the conclusion of World War II. There we find the slaughter of 1.2 million Tibetans since that time. This is a holocaust of its own. But when you think of the fact that these people, one and all, have been dedicated to the keeping of the flame of the Lord Buddha, and when you realize what has come upon them, absent the sponsorship of the land of China by St. Germain, absent those individuals in embodiment who could have brought that nation to the place where America is. This is what has happened to the Sangha of the Buddha in the East. It is a very great burden to our souls, and as you know, it is a profound burden to El Moria. The loss of those life streams in embodiment as his counterpart, as his chilas, I am certain played a part in his being benched. Therefore, we must understand that these two strongholds of the Great White Brotherhood must be defended, that the freedom to keep the flame of Sanat Kumara shall not perish from the earth. In addition to the onslaughts from without, we undergo serious initiations from within, for to keep the dispensation and the sponsorship of the Ascended Masters, we must continue to accelerate 
and to increase light because the light within our hearts must meet the descending darkness of the age else community and the Sangha and the Buddha be snuffed out in the physical octave. Thus we have to keep pace with the saints robed in white who have gone before us. And thus we have to look at what comes upon us both as initiation on the path of the Bodhisattva as those initiations intensify and as the opposition of the fallen ones who lust after the light and who dare to challenge the stronghold of the Great White Brotherhood because they have but a short time and this is the hour of the judgment. It is important to realize that initiation comes to us through their hand even as it comes to us through the hand of Maitreya and that as we face these challenges we are seeing the tests of the five secret rays we are seeing the testing of the metal of our souls. And there is always the pruning of the community where those who are swept away by gossip or news reports or all manner of burden that may come upon the community are, as it were, being weeded out for they are not able to stand in the day of the salvation of our God. And so the Guru-Chila relationship that we find here is brought to us by the ascended masters who send their angels to pluck you from where you are so that you in your turn might have the opportunity to know the path of the Buddha east and west, the true Christian mysteries of Jesus, to walk in those mysteries, to come back to the place where Maitreya brought us last evening in confrontation with that point where we last left off of the guru who was our teacher. Whether there was a community or whether there was a full path held by a community, each one has left off and each one has returned. Indeed. Well, keeping the flame of community together is what we're here to do. We'll talk more about this aspect of community after a short break. Please stay with us. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. 
To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And thanks for staying with us. Um, we're back on The Open Door talking today about community. And I'm joined by my usual cohorts, Terry and Sid, and today also by Daniel Kehoe, friend of our community, in our community. We're talking about the various aspects of community. And I think one of the things that we were all kind of mutually struck by in that last excerpt that we heard in the last segment is that for a community to survive, it must be defended. And that Tibet, I think, as you mentioned, Sid, is a great example of what happens when the defense is absent. Well, I think a lot of people respect the Tibetan culture, the Dalai Lama, the peace aspect, I mean, even movie stars and so forth. <laughs> but what most people <clears throat> don't understand, that Tibet was sponsored by the Ascended Masters, and it was a very high and pure form of, of Buddhism. And so the destruction of that is a, not only a great tragedy, as it is with any community around the world, but that is unique in the sense that it was a very high spiritual community. And, of course, when the Chinese invaded in the late 40s or whenever it was, uh, the Buddhists, uh, the Tibetans had very little in defense. They had horse-drawn carts. And so, of course, they weren't able to defend themselves. And so, you know, as we're taught in, in um, Hinduism, you have to physically defend, you know, Arjuna, Krishna taught Arjuna about the defense and the warrior caste and so forth. But that's a fact of life on this planet. The light must be defended. And do you think the United States would exist today if they did not have a very strong defense? Yeah. I mean, look at all those that would like to destroy them. And so it's an interesting teaching and understanding, especially for those that maybe call themselves pacifists, that you have to have a physical defense for a community to exist. And that's a, one of the reasons we come together. Well, and some of our leaders don't seem to be aware of just how important this is. No. They want, to com- they want to compromise. They want to accommodate what they consider to be a compromisable evil. Yes. You know, they don't believe in an absolute evil. Well, they, that's right. It's all relative good and evil. Aren't we all one yeah. big happy family if we can just work out our differences? Kumbaya. And for the... <laughs> <laughs> with a rainbow on the rear wheel. Yeah, groovy, man. You know, and so, <laughs> I'm losing my train of thought, Tom. I hope you know that. Oh, no, but I, I guess what I'm saying is what goes back to the equation on planet Earth, mm-hmm. and it goes back to ancient Israel. We're the ancient Israelites re-embodied. 
you know, the 12 tribes. Yep, yep. And a lot of them have settled in the United States and other countries. But, you know, we're trying to do the same thing again. Ancient Israel had a community, and they got into trouble when they disobeyed God. They got into big trouble, as you may know from the Old Testament <laughs> <Yeah>. stories. <laughs> but, you know, we've got another chance to make it work this time. Well, and it comes back to a very central core, which is keeping the flame. I mean, that's what we're here to do. I mean, I think that if you look at the overarching goal, purpose of this community, is to keep the flame Keep the light alive. Keep, keep it vibrant. Keep the standards. It, well, it keep, it certainly keep the standards. We were talking about this too, that in a community like ours where keeping the flame is paramount, we're challenged to master the energies, the material energies as well as the spiritual energies. That's a, that's a big equation. You know, I was just thinking, uh, thinking back when I was listening to that excerpt of my own personal involvement in the attacks upon our messenger, Elizabeth Clare Prophet, and mm-hmm. our, our church, our way of life, and one thing or another, and I... I, I mean, I was right in the middle of a lot of that stuff, and by the grace of God, we were able to mm-hmm. come together as community. <clears throat> we were able to uh, hold our hold our uh, our decree um, services and roll back that negative energy. Well, it sh- shows you the power of it. But we had our victories by the grace of God because of community. Well, it's hard to believe when you're doing something good and right that you're being attacked. Yes. There's almost something that doesn't, it defies logic in a way. Yeah, it does defy logic. You know, you read the newspaper articles, for instance, when they first started coming out, and, and I've mentioned this before on another show, uh, Thousand Oaks, California. I'm going, I'm reading this stuff, and I'm saying, well, where does this come from? Yeah. This isn't true at all. Well, anytime there's a threat to the powers that be, they have one goal, and that's to get rid of them. I mean, look at Jesus, you know. Yeah. I mean, Pilate says, you know, I don't, this is a righteous man. I don't know what, you know. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, he was, it, he was inconvenient to the local authorities to be around. <laughs> oh, that's put, right. Put it mildly. Yeah. So, you know, this is, this is why the United States is so unique. Yeah. I want to say one thing about sponsorship. We can get sponsorship individually from the Ascended Masters. And nations get sponsored. Now, there's only two nations that are sponsored on this planet right now by the Ascended Masters. One is the United States, and the other is India. It's interesting, both spiritual. Mm -hmm. And, you know, hopefully we can keep that sponsorship because once you lose it, it's very difficult to get back. And, of course, there's only two countries on the planet that even have it. So that's why it's so important that we defend the light, we hold the light, and we, you know, engage in those spiritual practices that will allow the continued sponsorship of America. You know, one of the word key words that we hear often is initiation, and that part of being in a community is not a passive experience. It's rather active and dynamic in its own way, that as we are in this by choice, we're going to be subjected to testing. And I think it's interesting that a community survives in part because we can mutually support each other in our testing. We're not cut adrift. We're not you know, out there in the corner having our, our initiation, and we'll <laughs> come back when you're done. You know, that we're in this together. Well, one thing in this together, you know, when Sydney's talking about that sponsorship, I think that's such a key ingredient because that that mm-hmm. takes the community into a whole dimension of we're working with angels, ascended masters, even elementals to move this whole thing forward. And that yeah. sponsorship is like this, in a sense, it's like a buffering because there are big brothers protecting us. But on the other hand, it's like they're also training us how to do what they're doing, which is infuse the world around us with light. You know, whether it's through decrees, visualizations. And there's no guarantee of continued sponsorship. You can lose it. Yes. And, you know, God help us if we lose that. I mean, the office of the United States used to be considered an office in the Great White Brotherhood. That's how important it was. And unfortunately... The president, you mean? Yeah, the president. Is that what I said? I don't know what I said. I I think you did. Okay. Just reiterating it. And, yeah, the president. Mm -hmm. And 
that has been withdrawn now because of the behavior of recent presidents in this country. <laughs> I mean, that's a very sad thing. Very sad. St. Germain withdrew from Washington, D.C. a number of years ago simply for that. So we're trying to hold the flame and hold the balance for that continued sponsorship <clears throat> and for people to wake up what's going on. You know, it's very easy for the powers that be to persecute uh, a minority that's a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, that pers- that community is different from what I believe, so are they that important? <clears throat> but, of course, it's those communities that preserve the rights of everybody. And that's what you have to see. And so it's mm-hmm. integral to the survival and continued sponsorship of the United States. There's a lot of stake right now. Oh, and, gosh, you know, yes. we can look beyond, you know, <clears throat> we can look every place else, but it all begins with us, whether we're in a community of our spiritual community, our community of the United States, or any country in the world, for that matter. You know, one of the, um, the rights we have as aspirants on this path is the right to engage in this the Chila, the guru-chila relationship, the student-teacher relationship. And this, again, going back to a point we made earlier in the show, is that the community, in our context, is a crucible for this relationship to thrive. And if we don't have the opportunity, as you said, we can lose it. And it's something we had, I mean, you can't afford to be lukewarm. Mm-hmm. This is one of those situations where we are activists and we are holding the balance for a planet, maybe even more. But it takes a lot of love. You know, it's not, it's not church militant in the sense, you know, that some people perceive that because love is the protection in our community as well as, you know, God expects us to be very practical. But if we don't hold that love, then again, there's no sponsorship. No, and we are warriors. This is not a pacifistic situation. We're basically... Spiritual it, it, warriors. Spiritual warriors, indeed. Well, that's, yeah, because it's... Like one of the first lessons is defend your own life spiritually as well as physically. Yeah. And Kathumi had that thing is even if you're out in the middle of nowhere, because like you're saying, we have people all over the world that we read do. like the E-Pearls and we're like, wow, we didn't even know there was a country there. But, <laughs> but the, thing, the sense is that you can build that Guru Chile relationship there because Kathumi said, you know, it's like pick a master, any master, Jesus, El Moria, whoever, and just study them. You know, what would it take to be that, that Sheila of that master yeah. and force yourself upon him? That takes a lot of energy. Well, it does. Consistency. And, and I'd like to read something from here that uh, in a strong, viable community, everyone must work. Elmoria once said, quote, if a person is not willing to work, he is not part of community. Love of the work is the sign of the person who is part of the mandala mm. or mandala. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know, at a certain point, you cannot be a passive participant in this community simply because what's at stake is so vitally important. You are active at whatever level you can be. Well, what El Moria says, you know, life is not a spectator sport. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, unfortunately, some people turned it into one. Yeah. Whether it's watching Hollywood or watching soccer or baseball or whatever, you know, that's what they live for. And they're kind of losing sight of things a little bit. In a way, that's kind of like the weekend warrior, only from a spiritual point of view. You know, I was uh, reminded of something I read uh, a few years ago about uh, what was going on at the time of the founding of the United States of America. When when the colonists were wanting to declare their independence, um, 10% of the population of the colonies was avidly for independence. 10% was avidly against it. And the other 80, Tom, were lukewarm. Yeah, they were the moderates in the middle. And the 10% that were against it, they took off north of the border. And so they are they're in, in they went to Canada. And there again, you have a certain lukewarm uh, element in the United States and around the world today. Well, that's that typical. Matter. People want to see which way the wind is blowing yeah. before they commit themselves. 
But, well, you know, wouldn't it be great if everybody in, in, if everybody had a full understanding of what the I am race is and, and what America really means and what's mm-hmm. at stake and how if they are here in America, they're probably one of the 12 tribes and, you know, they've got to take a stand. Well, unfortunately, as we know, the fallen angels have infiltrated America and all countries. And so yeah. and some people just make wrong choices. So we know that. But I think it's, it's interesting that even though the United States was sponsored, and, and United, this was planned thousands of years ago. It wasn't just an idea they came up with in the you know, 14th century. And, so, um, and yet it was necessary to fight a war, a physical yeah. war, to, to, to secure that independence because it was such a threat to the fallen angels and the powers that be on this planet. And the Defense Department used to be called the War Department. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. It got changed. Well, and on that point of labor, it's like, what is, attracts a lot of people to the United States is that opportunity exists to better yourself. And, you know, how many people come to this country, you know, whether legally or illegally, and, and Native Americans are going, wow, those guys really work hard. You know, it's <laughs> like they teach us, again, what it meant to be to be an American. Yes. Well, I, I don't know too many uh, other countries where people's dream is to move there. It's true. You know, I mean... No one's flocking to China these days. No one's <laughs> flocking to Russia that I know of. People want to get into Europe. Yeah. But, you know, that's what's unique. It's, it's a unique uh, opportunity here for souls. Because both the promise and reality of freedom are here and apparent to those who can see and it. And if you're willing to work, you can make it. Well, you know, before we go on to the next break, you know, we're just looking at some of the key words we've been kind of discussing on community. Knowledge, discernment, commitment, purpose. Cooperation, agreement, these are the things that we have to recognize as being important parts of this dynamic we call community. Whatever level we're talking about, whether it's a small community or it's a global community, as we said at the beginning of the show, talked about the communities of life, East and West. We've got a lot of combining on this, so I just wanted to kind of clarify those points a little bit before we go to the break, which we're going to do right now. We'll be back in just a few moments for our final segment. Please stay with us. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, Go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. 
And we are back for our final segment. We're talking today about community. And lest we give you the impression that we're talking about becoming an armed camp, we're, we're not. We're really talking about, you know, the, the need for spiritual defense, for being aware, conscious, having that discernment, having the knowledge of what's at stake, and understanding that it's something really important that we want to preserve. And that's why sometimes, you know, legally, um, we have to, people have to work to preserve the freedom in this country. Because, you know, it's not taken away at all at once. It's taken away in increments. And so you have to be careful that you deserve, defend not a particular cause or whatever, but the right to do what the Constitution allows us to do. Because once that's gone, then we're just going to be in the same boat as every other country in this world. Yeah, and I think that the the concept of a certain militancy is maybe misleading. Uh, I think we're talking about the importance, the the necessity of understanding what's at stake. Sure. And the joy is the glue uh, that really holds it together. Well, I think that that's so important. I mean, you think... You know, what gives us happiness? Well, when we all come together in, in the spirit of divine friendship as well as human friendship, there's a unity, there's a love, and we, of course, we can accomplish so much more together than we can apart. A perfect example of that is the science of the spoken word. When you have one person decreeing, it's the power of one. When you have two people decreeing, it's two squared, which is four. Mm-hmm. And you can start getting Keeps four going. or 500 people together and all of a sudden, you've got a tremendous multiplication factor in the dispensations from the brotherhood. And this is why a small number of people can change the planet. God changes the planet, not the people. But the people draw down the light that changes the entire equation on planet Earth. Look at Earth as an equation. How much light is there and how much darkness is there? The light must exceed the darkness or we're losing. It's as simple as that. And so when more people invoke the light, as we can do in a community... That makes a tremendous difference to the planet. We as individuals can do nothing to change what's going on this planet. But God working through us as his instruments can change the entire equation on the planet. And it doesn't take a lot of people to do that. Yeah. You know, uh, this concept of divine friendship is really nice one. I think we're all kind of related to it. And one of the things that uh, we stressed earlier in the show kind of bears repeating is that um, though community is based on, you know, human interaction, human relationships, these become focal points for divine relationships. That we, we, it's like see the Christ, be the Christ, which we've spoken of many times in this show. There, there's a higher equation here that we always want to re- reflect upon and, and, and retain as much as we can. That we're not looking at people from the standpoint of their human foibles, their human inconsistencies, the idiosyncrasies. We're looking at the potential. Our community is based in large part upon that potential being realized. So, you know, this community of the Holy Spirit. Here. And it is being realized incrementally in Exactly. People. I think yeah. that's a really important point to We've remember. We've seen big progress in Utah, Tom. I want you to know. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, <laughs> one, one in a row. <laughs> you know, I want to say one other thing about divine friendship. We think of the ascended masters as being these great, powerful beings, which they are, of course. But we don't realize that they were our brothers, our sisters, our mm-hmm. fathers, our mothers. Some of them have not been ascended that long. And Moria has just been in 1898 or 1899, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's pretty recent. So we've spent a lot of embodiments working and doing things with the ascended master, with Moses, with mm-hmm. Jesus, with all the you know, mm-hmm. prophets of ancient Israel. We were there. And so we have a divine friendship with them. We have a kinship with them. They love us and we love them. And they've graduated so they can help us now. But this divine friendship is not limited to you know the physical form that's why community and the sponsorship is is a dream come true for all of us because the interaction with each other the interaction with the ascended masters the holy angels who are ready to to help us in any way they can 
Um, it's a glorious equation to be part of. And we can activate it by making that call. And by being that love, which yeah. is the magnet for the masters and for each other. Yeah. That's one of the concepts I really like of the Ascended Masters have given us is seeing ourselves as electrodes, yeah. and as beaming lights. And, you know, more you said, it's like if you're not a beaming light, you know, if you're not drawing opposition, then you're really not doing anything. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes you can use that opposition as your little mirror. How well am I doing as being an electrode? Well, how much of the work <laughs> am I doing? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I'm thinking of my recent friend, Mark Prophet, you know, Ascended Master Lanello. I don't go anywhere hardly a minute of a day without knowing that that guy's just right with me. Oh, Talk yeah. about friendship. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Yeah, I mean, the fact is, you know, once you become an Ascended Master, you can go anywhere in Cosmos. You know, you still have free will. But these dear Masters loved us so much that they're staying with the planet. They're giving up what they could do. In, in this thing, they have any place in Cosmos they could go, but they've chosen to stay here to help support us because they love us, number one, and they know we can make it if we try, and it's our divine plan. And, you know, the greatest thing you can do for this planet is to make your ascension because it is a tremendous explosion of light when one soul makes their, their ascension. And so if you want to help save this planet, get on your path to the ascension, and there's lots of opportunity as you're doing, and when you do make your ascension, makes a huge difference to the planet. Indeed. You know, we obviously have one option here. The Summit Lighthouse is available for anybody who wishes to check it out to see what we have. You know, books, tapes, CDs, whatever, you know, the teachings of the Ascended Masters are here. And if you're interested in more about that, of course, just come to TSL.org or SummitLighthouse.org and uh, go to the bookstore, for example. Just look around. And, you know, uh, everyone listening is really in a sense, a part of this community. Absolutely. You, you just have to realize that. I mean, no, there are... No accident. I, I was just talking to somebody, and they said that there are, there are many dear souls that were not able to make it to our recent conference because uh, for one of two reasons. It could have been a financial situation, or it could have been that they were not able to get a visa. But everybody out there listening, everybody who's a part of this community needs to know that they are a part of this community. You already have your visa for this one. That's right. You've got <laughs> your visa, and you've got the finances, which is in your causal body. Yeah, so, you know, uh, maybe it's time now we kind of can wrap this up a little bit, uh, talking about the the necessity of having community for common cause, for, you know, the, the, the singular focus or, you know, maybe multiple focuses, but one in particular focus that is preserving the light, preserving the freedom, opportunity to expand our consciousness, to grow in the light, and eventually our opportunity and our freedom to ascend. You know, there's been a number of spiritual communities throughout history. And unfortunately, most of them failed at some point because opposition or whatever, they couldn't keep the vision. Mm-hmm. And, you know, why are we so audacious as to think we might be able to succeed in this time? Well, one of the reasons is we were part of many of those spiritual communities to so hope we learned our lesson <laughs> why they didn't make it. And <laughs> yeah. that we're determined this time, you know, to be the instruments of God as best we are able to preserve not only this community, but the opportunity for souls to be part of community worldwide and especially the community of the called out ones, those that want a spiritual path, those that want to find a place of holiness, those that want to come together with their brothers and sisters. And that's the reason planet Earth exists, so that people can grow and progress and make their ascension. Amen. Well, I want to thank Daniel for joining us today and lending your voice and your, your talent and your experience. It's with, great to uh, commune with you. Well, yes, thank you. <laughs> you in go. unity. Yeah. And, of course, to my uh, my bro- regular brothers here, uh, Terry and Sid, and also behind me, David, our engineer, we all are part of this community. We're all very, very happy to share what we know about it, our experiences with it, and our understanding of why it's so important. And 
And if you want to keep in touch <laughs> with us, get in touch with us at webradio at tsl.org, webradio at tsl.org. Let us know what you're thinking. We'd love to know what you're thinking and any comments, questions, or ideas you've got. We'll be happy to share them amongst ourselves and yes. perhaps you know come back at you and with a response. With yeah. Absolutely. Well, though we like to... Uh, recognize the fact that the spiritual path isn't always the most simple thing, but it's always worth the inconvenience. We know that the rewards are out Out of of this this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on Voice America's 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.